The information provided herein is for training and educational purposes only and is not for solicitation. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program, brought to you by the Retirement Income Store and Matthew Johnson, owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management and author of The Capitalized Life. Are you living the life you want? Are you as prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. And welcome to today's episode of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. So happy that you could be here today. Today's show, as always, is powered by the Retirement Income Store, the place that retirees go for income. So let's get the big pink elephant in the room and let's discuss it. And what are we going to discuss today? Well, we're going to tackle the big question of whether stocks are really a great inflation hedge. You know, inflation is a very real part of our life, isn't it? And inflation is always going to be a part of our life. It's something that unless we go into a major deep state of deflation, Well, guess what? The other direction is going to be inflation. I had a young lady that's been a part of my life for a number of years, and she was having her 27th birthday. And one of her friends had given her one of those little fact sheets about, you know, what things were like back in 1993. And I don't even know that I can remember 1993, let alone where I was or what I was doing. But the reality is, is that it was fun to go through and look at just basically what was happening economically in 1993. You know, the average house was $113,000. Interest rates were at 6%. It was just really, really interesting. A gallon of gas was a buck 16. Looks like we're getting down to that point, or at least we got very, very close right? So the reality is, is that inflation is likely to continue to stick with us, even though we have seen so many changes take place in our world over the course of the last few months with the COVID-19. And so that brings me to the age old question, stocks, are they a good inflation hedge for us? And the answer is yes, as long as they're going up. You see, the reality is, is that inflation is going to be settling somewhere around 3%. We know that inflation could be lower this year in 2020 because of the COVID-19, but the average has been about 3%. In fact, looking on that little fact sheet of my friend, in 1993, the inflation factor was a 2.96%, close enough to 3%. But here's the thing, if you've been putting all of your faith and hope and expectation in the fact that your stocks, your mutual funds, your index funds were going to be able to continue to keep you ahead of inflation, well, that is a risky game that you're playing. Think about what has just taken place since the 14th of February, where the stock market within a period of about six weeks ended up losing 35%. And think about the fact that even though there has been, you know, literally no people spending money per se, not like traditional everyday life has been going on, the cost of goods and services have been going up, haven't they? 
If you pay attention in the grocery store, what has been happening to the cost of groceries, the cost of antibiotics, and why are these things going up? These things are going up because of the laws of supply and demand. You see, we have had so much of the labor force that has been removed from the production of products and goods and services within this country that we now have fewer goods. And what happens to the price of those goods and services if there's either the same amount of demand or even greater demand, but we have fewer products, we have fewer quantities of what is needed. That's right, it goes up. My fear is also that it's going to be exacerbated this year because we now have the feds printing money like a bunch of drunken sailors. Now, I get it why they are printing the money. I get it why they're doing the stimulus. And I'm not saying that it's wrong. But the true definition of inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. Let me use this as an example. It's something that makes sense. Let's say that you and I and maybe a couple of others were out to sea and our ship had sunk and we were on, say, a life raft and we were all thirsty. We were all hungry. And all of a sudden I said, I've got $20 in my pocket and I will pay $20 for whoever has any food on this life raft. And so all of us on the life raft were digging through our pockets. And of course, I've got nothing, but I've got this $20 bill. And all of a sudden, let's say you have an orange. You find an orange. Okay. Now, remember, this is just pretending. So we can pretend that you have the orange and you pull that orange out. And all of a sudden, all of us in this life raft see this orange and we start salivating, just thinking about the taste of that orange on our lips. And someone else says, hey, I've got a $5 bill. And someone else says, hey, I've got a $10 bill. Well, let me ask you, who is going to get that orange from you? Are you going to sell it to the guy that has $5? Maybe the person that has 10 Or are you more likely to give me that orange because I've got $20? Now, you see, is the orange really worth $20? And the answer to that is, of course not. It's not worth $20. But why is it fetching $20? Because there's too many dollars chasing too few of goods. I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me. Call our office at 866-290-3837. If you have questions, we will do our best to answer them for you. Take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. Again, that's 866-290-3837. With the printing of money that is taking place in this country right now, we need to be very, very careful to understand that inflation is likely to continue to be a part of our life, if not even more so. And when we look at the unemployment, unemployment is it just saw the newest release was 3.8 million people on unemployment. When we think about that, if it gets much worse, we're going to be bumping up against Great Depression level unemployment ratios. That is scary. That is concerning. And we know that it will pass. We know that this too shall pass. We know that this will eventually blow over. But the reality, 
I believe that we're facing in 2020 is that we will continue to see the cost of goods and services going up exponentially because it will take a very long time for America to get back into the production level. And if we have future scares, if we have future waves of the coronavirus that are coming through, how risky of a proposition is it that our money is making absolutely nothing? And yet the cost of goods and services are going up. Now, this is where we need to go back into history because this is very important to consider history. You see, if we look at the stock market and what happened in 1929, we know that from 1929 roughly to about 1933, 1932, 33, somewhere in that vicinity, the stock market dropped and it dropped a total of 93%. But before it did, what we saw is a major sell-off similar to what we've just seen from February 15th, a major sell-off. And then all of a sudden, there's a period of calm, a period of calm in which the market stops selling off and the market starts to rebound. The market starts to come back. Now, I encourage my clients to be very cautious during times like this, especially if they're considering that now's the time to pounce on common stock or now's the time to pounce on, say, stock funds, stock index funds. And the reason being is because oftentimes when we look at the big sell-offs, what we see is that the market sells off substantially, then it hits this period of rebound. It comes up and all of a sudden our minds say, okay, the worst is over. But guess what? Sometimes that's not true. In fact, there's only been two times in history that I have seen historically, and that was October of 1987 and December of 2018, just two years ago, where we saw the sell-off of a market going down and then a complete and total leg-up recovery, making a perfect V. You see, oftentimes it goes down, it comes up a little bit, and then all of a sudden there is another bout of volatility, another wave of what we call capitulation that takes place. And that's where the market then sells off even more and goes even deeper. So be very, very careful because if you're counting on your index funds, you're counting on your mutual funds, you're counting on your stocks to be able to keep ahead of inflation Very risky proposition indeed. Something that is likely to cost you not only money, but cost you time as well. And why is that? Because you see, if we study the sell-offs within the market, what we notice is that it sells off a lot faster than it ever recovers. I had a very dear client of mine that told me one time that the stock market was an awful lot like an escalator and an elevator. And I said, what do you mean, John? And he said, well... When the market sells off, it feels like it's a dropping elevator. It just seems to go straight down. And yet the recovery is always like a slow escalator on the way up. And what does that mean? Well, let's just go back to the turn of the century. We saw the market sell off from 2000 to 2003 and lose 50%, half of the market gone within three years. And yet it took four years to recover from. We saw from 2007 to 2009, basically two years, the market lost 63%. 
And yet we didn't see the market recover until roughly 2013 to 2014. Seven years from start to total recovery. And you see, you haven't made any money, right? All you've simply done is broken even. And yet the cost of goods and services are continuing to go up more and more. So what is the answer? Well, I believe that the answer is fixed income. And we're going to be talking about that after our break that's coming up right now. As we begin to explore how fixed income can be quite the asset for you to help you with the cost of inflation and combating it. If you would like to give me a call, I'd be happy to take a few minutes out of my day to communicate with you. Give me a call. Telephone number is 866-290-3837. Again, that number is 866-290-3837. Stick with us. We'll be right back. The world has changed, our economy has changed, and many things are going virtual. Meetings, school, shopping, even weddings. But your retirement is not virtual. It's real. With real food, health care, and other monthly bills that don't accept virtual money, like mutual funds and stock certificates. To keep you up to date and informed, we've put together a series of webinar events. Because your need for income in retirement simply will never be virtual. It will always be real. For the date and time of our next webinar event, just pick up the phone. Give us a call today. Call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Or visit johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. The road to retirement is filled with twists and turns. And life's unexpected detours could easily throw you off course. That's why it's essential to work with a financial advisor who is also a fiduciary. A fiduciary experienced in helping clients navigate the complexities of retirement planning while helping you pay yourself first. The road to retirement now made simple. To learn more about the Retirement Income Store, call your local retirement income specialist, Matthew Johnson of Johnson Wealth and Income Management at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Investing for income? The idea has grown in popularity over the last several years due to today's volatile stock market. But if you're at or near retirement age, it's no longer just how much you've saved. It's about maximizing and protecting your life savings while minimizing your risk for market ups and downs. David J. Scranton's new book, The Retirement Income Story, is here to help baby boomers face the challenges of investing in this age of economic uncertainty. Visit theretirementincomestory.com to learn more. That website again is The Retirement Income Story, and story is spelled S-T-O-R-E. To learn more about The Retirement Income Store, call your local retirement income specialist, Matthew Johnson of Johnson Wealth and Income Management at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Do you understand the difference between investing for growth and investing for income? That's okay. Most folks don't. Investing for growth is your typical Wall Street portfolio full of various stocks and mutual funds. 
The problem is, in order to physically obtain any real money that you can use for your day-to-day expenses, you have to sell them, which means you don't own them anymore. So now, you either have far less to generate that growth, or worse yet, you don't have anything left to create more growth for next month's expenses. On the other side of the coin, when you invest for income, your hard-earned retirement dollars are invested in products that may provide cash, put directly into your bank account, month after month, to help provide for your retirement. For your free, no-obligation, growth-versus-income information kit, call 866-290-3837. To learn how to transform your high-risk, big-fee Wall Street growth portfolio into an income-generating retirement plan, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Or visit johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. And welcome back to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Remember, today's show is powered by the Retirement Income Store, the place that retirees go for income. If you haven't looked them up, I encourage you to do so. So we've been talking today about inflation. And, you know, there's always been this idea that stocks are a great inflation hedge. But is that always the case? And the answer is unequivocally, no, it's not. Stocks can be, but only when they're doing one thing, and that's going up, becoming more valuable. And we've got a real challenge sitting in front of us, and I believe that that challenge is being exacerbated and it's growing bigger and bigger by the minute. And that's the fact that inflation is still continuing and it's going to get worse, I believe. I do not believe that we're going to see a state of deflation in this country. And the reason being is because, you see, we have removed so much of the labor force out of the market. They are not producing the goods and the services. And yet we as human beings are still consuming those goods and services. We may be on lockdown. We may be in, you know, social distancing and not being able to go back to work like normal and live our days like normal. But we're still consuming gasoline. We're still consuming food. We're still taking full advantage of medications and medicines. And so the reality here is that if you don't have the producers producing and yet there's still consumption, you still have a deficit, don't you? There is fewer goods, but now there is either the same amount of demand, maybe even greater demand, and the cost of those goods and services are going to go up. And we have seen that. Go to the grocery store and you notice that things are costing more. And that's coming at a terrible time, right? It's coming at a terrible time because so many people have lost their jobs or they're furloughed or they're just in a position where they're not able to make as much income as they once did. And so we have to be very careful of this potentially dangerous argument that the stock world, that Wall Street is a good place for an inflation hedge. It's simply not unless it's going up. And in the previous episode, I discussed the fact that you see after every sell-off, you typically have a moment of recovery, right? And so we begin to believe, okay, the worst is over. And yet, Just when we're wiping our brow thinking that everything is now fine and dandy, now things are going to get back to normal, that's when the second wave of volatility can hit the stock market. 
I'm not saying it's going to, but historically, it happens time and time and time again. There was only two times that I'm aware of as a student of stock market history that I've seen, October of 87 and December of 2018, in which we saw one leg down and one leg recovery back up. So we may not be out of the woods yet. In fact, I feel strongly that we're not going to be out of the woods because you see, we're going to continue to be consuming those goods and our economy is very much like a big, huge ship in the ocean. Once that ship stalls or stops, it takes a very long time to get that ship moving again. And there's going to be a lot of careful governors that are being very careful as to the reopening of their states. And that means that they may not allow people to come back into the world of employment very quickly. They may be limiting the amount. You know, we see restaurants, they may only serve 50% of their total capacity. Well, that's going to be the case. And especially if we have another wave of this COVID-19 go through our state, we may find that there's more social distancing that is enforced. We may see that there's more businesses that are forced to go back into closure. More people are having to be furloughed. And as a result of that, if we have less labor and we have the same amount of goods and services being demanded, that means the price is going to go up. Well, you throw in the fact that the feds are printing money like madmen right now. And by definition, we have now more dollars chasing fewer goods. That's only going to exacerbate the amount of inflation that we may experience in 2020. So. If having our money in the stock market is not a good inflation hedge, it's not a consistent, steady way of combating inflation, what could be? And that is the definition of fixed income. It's one of the many aspects of fixed income and why I'm such a believer in having my money invested by contract through things that produce me a steady stream of interest and dividends contractually. You see, when you think about it, major corporations that have stock in the stock market, they may indeed pay a dividend, but most common stock doesn't pay large dividends. Most of the time, those corporations are paying 2-3% in dividends. Now, when stock prices go down, when there's major strain financially on the corporations, guess what? That puts a strain on the dividend. What that means is, that they have every right to cut the dividend, to reduce it down. Some corporations will even eliminate their dividend. Questions about today's discussion? You have questions that you want to have answered with regards to something that we discussed. I'm going to encourage you, do the right thing and reach out to me at 866-290-3837. My team will put together some materials for you that I know will be of value and we'll email them to you or we'll toss them in the mail if you prefer. If you have questions, I will do my very best to spend a few moments to answer those questions for you. So take the first step. Reach out to us at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. So when I talk about fixed income, the reason I'm so passionate about it is because fixed income is by contract. You see, if I buy a bond, a corporate bond, and that bond is paying me, say, 
that means that that 5% is fixed. That 5% cannot change. That means that regardless of the value of the bond, whether it's going up or down, I still get paid the same amount of interest and I get that every single year. Now, of course, we have to say subject to default because we know that there's no guarantee within a corporation that is going to be around. But this is also why we don't put all of our eggs in one basket. We can look at preferred stocks. We know that preferred stocks are very bond-like. When you buy a preferred, you're buying it because you want a steady stream of dividend income. And those dividends, 5 6 7%, those dividends are fixed. That means that the company, regardless of the value of my preferred, is still paying me the same amount of income in dollars every single year, again, subject to default. And so you see, this takes a lot of the anxiety out of the war against inflation. It basically allows me that regardless of the value of my account, I know that I'm still getting that steady stream of interest and dividend income. So many stock investors have seen where this bout of volatility that we've seen since the middle of February has set them back two years, two years. And you're thinking, well, it will come back. But if the cost of goods and services are going up while you're waiting for it to come back, now you're really losing, aren't you? Because you're not making any money. You're simply waiting for the value of your index funds or your mutual funds or your stocks to come back to where they were. And it's going to be a long road to hoe. So when we think about inflation, we want to, number one, be able to tackle inflation in many respects. But by definition, we want our working capital working for us. We want it doing better than the rate of inflation. And we know that with the Federal Reserve dropping interest rates to zero, the bank is not going to be the place for it. Government bonds, oh my goodness, yielding on average around six to seven tenths of a percent. CDs getting clobbered by the drop in interest rates. So you see, when it comes to having our money as an inflation hedge, we want to be able to use the right tool for the right job. Don't be using the presumption that stocks are always going to go up as your way of combating inflation, but rather maybe take a more organic approach, an approach that's been around for so long, the approach that your parents or grandparents learned about when they went through the Great Depression, which is there is nothing more precious than your principal. So why continue to risk it and why continue to lose to inflation Simply because you're crossing your fingers and toes, hoping that the Federal Reserve is going to save you. They're not. They're exacerbating and making the situation worse. They're printing money. They're dropping interest rates to zero. Volatility within the stock market and the presumption that, well, all of these companies are going to continue to do well and they're going to continue to pay their dividend. Big, risky, risky presumption. Why? Because if you look at what these corporations have lost in revenue, chances are we're going to see dividends being adjusted down, if not eliminated. And what does that mean? It means that if you need more money, you're going to need to sell shares in common stock. And isn't that really working against you? Isn't that really defeating the whole purpose where you're having to sell your principal to get money because the cost of goods and services have gone up? I believe that it is.
So again, the answer is having your principal earn you interest and dividends so you don't have to sell your principal. You can live off from the principal instead of on that principal. If what I've said today has resonated with you and you believe as I do that the rate of inflation is going to continue to plug along and costs are going to continue to go up even now, I encourage you, give me a call. I'll take 15 minutes of my day off the radio to be able to help you better understand how fixed income investing can not only diversify you and bring you potentially greater peace of mind and help you sleep at night, but it can provide you that income stream that you know you're going to need anyway when you retire. And I encourage all of you as listeners, if you have questions, please go to our website, www.johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, W-I-M stands for Wealth Income Management, dot com. And post your question to us. Reach out to us. Let us know what kind of topics you'd like to hear us discuss on each episode every Saturday morning. We're all in this together. But there's so many different ways of being successful in retirement. And fixed income is one of the greatest, most valuable tools that you can have in your toolbox. And I'm happy to help you if you want my help. Remember, it's up to you to make today a great day. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Blessings to you and to your family. Thanks for listening to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson. Brought to you by the Retirement Income Store. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Or visit johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. 